0: 1st Samuel chapter number 20 and verse number 1, 1st Samuel chapter 20 and um, we'll read a few verses of scripture and preach a short message this, this evening and so uh, uh, just a simple thought that God has laid on our heart. I've been preaching through the life of David on Sunday nights sometimes uh, when I do a series I never announce it Uh, because I never know what God's going to do, you know, and uh, sometimes I will go away from it for a week or two or three and just preach it when it comes back on my heart, amen, but uh, I do that because I've been in churches and, and been guilty myself. Sometimes you can announce something and and, uh, you know, I don't want to rule the Holy Spirit out. If he wants to do something else in the service or even in a message, I want God to have his perfect will and way. But I do feel like I want to go back to First Samuel chapter 20 tonight and preach a simple thought uh, concerning this thought here tonight, uh, uh, concerning from faith to fear, from faith to fear. First Samuel chapter 20 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, what have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid that thou should die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why shouldest my father hide this thing from me? Is it not so? And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, And as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Let's bow for a word of prayer, then you can be seated. Father, we bow in your presence once again this afternoon. Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we come in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you will give us liberty tonight. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you for the good choir singing. And, Lord, for your blessings on this church. God, I thank you for every member of this church. And, Lord, I just ask you to continue to bless Bible Baptist Church for the glory of God. Help us, Lord, even this year to accomplish every goal that you've laid upon our heart. And, Lord, I pray that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we would ask or think, Lord, and we'll give you the praise for that. Bless this message tonight. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. I'm preaching tonight on the subject from faith to fear. From faith to fear. And I want you to notice the first three words of 1 Samuel chapter 20 where the Bible says, and David fled. You know, when you think about these three words tonight, if you're reading through the life of David and you're looking at... Uh, chapter number 18 and chapter number 19, this is not anything uh, different in David's life for he's been running from Saul for a very long time now and David has encountered a lot of things. I think about in chapter number 18 when after he slew Goliath and Saul was greatly impressed with uh, uh, David and greatly impressed with what he had done and how that the Lord had uh, used him greatly. Saul loved David but uh, and he promoted him. He made him a captain over uh, his army but with that promotion Promotion came a great price and David uh, began to run from day number one. He began to run from Saul and Saul sought him harder than any Philistine ever sought him and certainly harder than what Goliath ever sought after him. And so David has been running and in chapter number 19, three different times, David uh, runs, he flees and God protects David and God watches over him. And the reason for that was because uh, not only was David God's anointed, but David was in the perfect will of God in each one of these circumstances when he fled from Saul. When he went and hid himself and abode in a secret place and Jonathan came, David was in the will of God. When David fled from his own house and whenever he went even to Samuel and he fled from Saul, each time he was in the will of God. But when you come to chapter number 20, this is one of the blunders in David's life. David now is fleeing, but this time he's not fleeing in faith but he's fleeing in fear and I want to stop and say tonight there's a fine line between faith and fear if it's so fine tonight that if you and I are not careful between faith and this flesh sometimes it's almost hard to see uh, when we're operating in in faith and when we're operating in the flesh and so it is with David you say well preacher how do you know that David was not in the will of God when he was uh, fleeing this time I know that number one uh, because David goes to the wrong place. The Bible said in verse number 20 that David fled from Nahoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan. You remember where David was before this in chapter 19? He was with Samuel. He was with the man of God. And it was there in that place that Saul actually even shows up. But God takes care of David in front of his very own enemy. God was good to David because David was in the center of his will and David was beside the man of God but now he has left that place and not only has he left that place but he's went back home where Saul is he's went back to the enemy's ground and the enemy's quarters and time would not let us uh, uh, preach on this subject tonight but how many people do we know that have left the man of God and has left the place of blessing and has went back to the very ground that the enemy that God had once delivered them from I mean when I read this I thought to myself now David that doesn't make a lot of sense uh, uh, to leave Samuel, your preacher, and to run down there to where Saul's living and where Saul is dwelling. Uh, but David goes to the wrong place. Amen. You know, if you're not careful, we can find ourselves in the wrong places in life. And it doesn't have to be a bar and it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be the dope smoking crowd or, or anyone like that. I mean, any place outside the will of God is the wrong place. And David is fleeing with good intentions. David is just trying to uh, do the will of God. But this is an important part in David's life because some commentaries say that David runs from Saul. Uh, now he runs from Saul. We know in the Bible from now to the end of Saul's life. And commentaries say that that is possibly as much as 10 years of, of Saul's life that David spent 10 more years running all because he took matters in his own hand. I'm simply saying this, that when you operate in fear rather than faith, it'll get you in the wrong place a lot of times and it's further back than what you think it is. Amen? You see, it takes longer sometimes to, to get right with God can be just like this, but to get back where you used to be at can take a very long time. And for some, they never find that place again. You see, forgiveness is one thing, but being in the center of God's will is another and I'll be honest with you tonight, if, if I'm not careful and if I don't pray and just admit to God, God, if you don't help me and if we don't walk hand in hand and you do the leading and I do the following, I'll surely make a mistake. If we don't have that attitude, we'll get out of the will of God when we think we can handle things within ourselves. And that's what David is doing here. He leaves the man of God and tries to figure things out himself and he winds up in the wrong place. Secondly, not only does David, we see that he's out of the will of God as far as fleeing in this aspect because he's in the wrong place, but I see that David not only flees to the wrong place, but he flees to the wrong person, amen. The Bible says in verse number one that he went before Jonathan. Now y'all help me out tonight. Give me some amens. Amen, it's just a little hard to preach when you don't have them. But uh, David goes back to the right person, or he goes back to the wrong person. He goes back to uh, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is a Jonathan is a loyal friend. Jonathan is someone that has stood by David's side and will continue to do that even unto death. And There's nothing wrong with the relationship between Jonathan and David, but the problem in this text is, is that David should have stayed where God put him. He should have stayed with the man of God, but David is seeking rather than trusting the Lord. David is looking to his friend, and can I tell you something tonight? Thank God for friends. Amen? I, I appreciate our church, and I appreciate our church family, and we certainly need each other. But there's a problem when we start trusting more in each other than we do the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know something I see sometimes: if we're not careful, we'll just we'll follow fads even in a church. I'm not talking about clothing, but I'm just talking about with good intentions. You uh, you know, you see one person doing something and it's working for them, and so you say, well, I think I'll do that. But that may not be the will of God for your life, amen? I remember when my children was growing up, one of the things that we pressed on them much about was individuality and following the will of God and not following just people. Look up to people and learn from people, but I, I, we really stress the fact of them is that you be the individual that God made you, don't just hook up with the crowd even if it's the church crowd you still got to be the person that God wants you to be, amen many times we can find ourselves following people rather than following the Lord and so uh, David goes to the wrong person Jonathan was a good person but Jonathan did not know the will of God for David's life and it's not even fair to that friend that David has come to him now and David is expecting more out of Jonathan than what Jonathan can deliver You know what's the problem with friendship sometimes? Is that friendship has to always be viewed on our end, not on the other person's end. You've heard me say this before, but oftentimes we look at people and we we call uh, Brother Andrew a good friend because he has been good to me. But that's not what friendship is. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Friendship is never based on what you do for me. Friendship is based on how I feel about you. You could be the worst person in the world. I could be the worst person in the world. But listen, that that, that Christ, the Christianity, the definition of friendship in Christianity is not what people do for me or how they treat me, but it's how I treat them. That's a real friend because the Bible says a friend loveth at all times. Amen? That means when that other end's working right and when it's not working right. Friendship is not based on others. It's based on myself. And so uh, David in this text here, he is looking for Jonathan to help him in ways that Jonathan just can't help him in. You see, Jonathan does deliver David a message. But Jonathan can't fix his circumstances. If you go back to chapter number 19 when David is with Samuel and Saul shows up and he's got his messengers there, you would have thought David was a dead man. And had it been dependent on Samuel, he would have been. Had it been dependent on Jonathan, he would have been. You say, why? Because Jonathan or because Saul has more authority than any of them. But there is one person that had more authority than even the king of Israel, and that's God. Amen? And see, when David is leaning on God, God will deliver him. And what I'm saying is, David goes to the wrong place. David goes to the wrong person. And then I see here that David, my friend, in his fleeing, he has the wrong position. Notice what he said in verse number two. And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Jonathan says to him, behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why shouldest my father hide this thing from me? Is it not so? Why did Jonathan say this? He said this because of the series of questions that David asked in verse number one. He said, what have I done? What is mine iniquity? What is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? It's almost as if David... David is laying accusation out before Jonathan as if, Jonathan, you've not done enough. You could do more to help me. I mean, listen, you can clearly see the fear that has now gripped David's heart and he's taken the wrong position. You know, when fear operates in our life, we'll take the wrong position every time. We'll worry about people and we'll worry about problems that we can't do nothing about. We'll sit up at night and we'll think about, well, why is this person this way? Why does this person feel this way about me? When in reality, it may not even be so. It may be nothing more than Satan prodding you and pushing at you, trying to fill your heart with fear. You may sit up at night and say, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? But that could be nothing more than the devil himself trying to put a lot of what ifs in your life so that you'll just spend your days worrying and fretting over things that will never even come to pass. The wrong position. David uh, is fleeing in fear. He has the wrong position. And then I want to say, he has the wrong perspective. Notice what David says in verse number three. And boy, this gets me. The last part David says is, there is but a step between me and death. Now everything David says in verse number three is true. He tells Jonathan that, Saul is on to the fact that you're loyal to me and that you love me. And so Saul's not going to tell you everything, Jonathan, because you'll just tell me and I'll, and I'll escape. And, and, and so therefore, he said, he said, Jonathan, you need to understand, there's one step between me and death. Right. Everything he said was true, but he had the wrong spirit. You see, you can look at the situation in life and, and you can, you can draw the facts out and they can all be true. But the, the, the thing tonight is this, is that fear always looks at those facts in the negative light where faith always looks at it in the positive light. And what David says here is there's just a step between me and death as if this is something new in David's life. Can I tell you something? There's always been a step between David and death. There's a step between me and you and death tonight that's a reality in all of our life can I remind you David faced a giant he, he fought a lion he fought a bear and he fought the Philistines don't you think there were steps of death between him and all those other enemies what's the difference in them and the one that David is talking about now this is not the first time that he has faced Saul but why is he looking at life in this perspective when in chapter 17 and 18 and 19 David just keeps going on he just keeps doing the will of God he just keeps trusting God You know why? Because then David was operating in faith, but now David's operating in fear. Now David was a spiritual man, wasn't he? And I'm not being hard on David. I too would have to say many times in my life, I've seen, I've lived in both chapters and I'm sure you have too. Sometimes we operate in faith. Sometimes we operate in fear. But you may be here tonight and say, preacher, I don't want to operate in fear. I don't want to live my life in this manner. I want to say tonight, the devil wants to do nothing more than to torment every one of us tonight. You know, I told Miss Morgan that this afternoon as me and my wife was talking with her, if the devil ever gets anything on you, he will use it over and over and over and over again. That's what those fiery darts is. If he can plant a seed of insecurity in our life in any area, it doesn't matter tonight what that area is. He doesn't even care tonight. His ultimate goal is to put that insecurity in our heart so that he can bring fear and so that we can live a defeated life. But you know the Bible says that the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. That's what God has given us, is he has not given us the spirit of fear, and he's given us those things in life to help us to overcome overcome and to conquer the fearful things of life. The psalmist said, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. You see, when fear enters your life it always comes down to faith. It always comes down to the fact am I going to take and trust God with what it is that I'm looking at what it is that is tormenting my life and David has every reason in the flesh to be fearful but now David is looking uh, at life in this scope but he can look at it in a different light. He can look at it in faith as he has uh, before time and I want to say tonight that if you and I will do that, we can overcome the fearful things of life. You say, preacher, how do you do that tonight? I think in the same points that we use tonight concerning fear are the same points concerning faith tonight. Number one, you have to be in the right place. You know, being in the right place will help you conquer the fears of life. The will of God, being in the church, being in the Bible, being in a secret place of prayer these things help, helps us to conquer uh, the, the fearful things of life uh, it removes fear we may have circumstances and trials and troubles but how many of us tonight could testify that you came to church on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and your heart was fearful and you was discouraged but through the singing and through the preaching maybe through the testimonies uh, the Lord used some aspect of that service uh, to give you what you needed uh, to lift up that part lift up your heart and encourage and strengthen you. Hey, being in the right place helps, doesn't it? Amen. I say to people, don't ever miss church. Be faithful. Come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, go to Sunday school. You say, well, I, I sometimes I'm just there in body. Yes, but you don't never know what God is doing by you being faithful in the house of God. I promise you the very service that the devil tells you will stay home. You're too wore out. You're too tired. It's too long of a drive. Uh, listen, you've had a bad day or you've had a bad week. You know what the devil's trying to do? If he can get you to miss, uh, then he's done got you, friend. Being in church will help you. The same is true about reading your Bible. Being in the right place overcomes fear. The Word of God removes fear. You know why it does that? Because it's a faith builder, amen? Look at your faith tonight. If you're here and you say, well, my faith is not very strong, then get in the Word of God because it's the Word of God that grows faith in our heart. It feeds faith. It strengthens our faith. It helps us to look at life in a different perspective. Being in the right place tonight. You can own a lot of Bibles. You can own a lot of books. But if you don't read it, it don't help you. It's like having a garage full of tools that can fix anything. It's like having food in the cabinet but never going to it and taking any out. You know what'll happen? I mean, you can fill the refrigerator full. You can fill the the cabinets full and you can sit right there at the table and starve to death if you don't ever go open the cabinet and get something out. You know what you gotta do every day of your life? Every day. You're laughing for some reason and I know something's going on in your head. <laughs> I'm glad he's laughing because some of y'all hadn't laughed the whole service. I don't know what's going on with you. It's because I talked about foods. what it is. <laughs> you know something tonight? That's what this Bible is. When you turn the page, it's like opening the cabinet. Amen. Hey, when's the last time you went to the cupboard of God's Word and got something out of this book and read it and let it feed your soul? I'm telling you, listen, the devil overrides you with fear. But you can take this book and read it. And all of a sudden, listen, those fears that was in your mind, the Word of God has a way of cleaning them out. The Word of God has a way of strengthening your faith. It has a way of telling you that the things that you can't do, God says you can The things you can't overcome, God says I will. How many times have you read the Word of God? And just in the nick of time, the Lord would take that heavenly highlighter and highlight that one verse and hang it in your heart and would feed your soul. I'm saying being in the right place will help you, amen. And secondly, seeing the right person. He went to Jonathan when in all other times he had went to the Lord. David behaved himself wisely when Saul was throwing javelins at him because his eyes wasn't on Saul, his eyes was on the Lord. And can I tell you tonight that's what we need to do? The psalm that said in Psalms 121, in verse number one, he said, I'll lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Amen. I tell you, if you want help tonight, all you got to do is look up. Amen. Oh, if you want help tonight, all you got to do is speak up and say, Dear God, would you help me? I'm telling you, our help cometh from heaven tonight. And God looks upon and His eyes are over the righteous and His ears are open unto our prayers. God has a looking eye and a listening ear and He wants us to cry out to Him tonight. Amen. Right. Tell the Lord all your fears. I love that about prayer, don't you? I like that old song, Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that is known. No matter what the the fear is tonight there's a surety that God no matter how small it may be or how big it may be in our life the Lord will never reprimand us for telling us our fears that's in our heart by saying Lord I have this burden I have this problem I think about that other old song that says "Bring, take thy burden unto the Lord and leave it there and that's what the Bible said cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee hey God wants to help us tonight God is interested in our life that ought to motivate us to pray more than anything else uh, that we serve a God that is interested that if something bothers us uh, he says come unto me as a sung tonight all ye that labor and are heavy laden uh, and I will give you rest amen right. we don't have to live in fear when God wants us to have rest but it involves going to the right person I, I thank God for counsel and I appreciate people but we can only go so far do you know that no counsel as wise and as even as good as it may be that a preacher gives cannot remove the fear. Only God can do that. You could come to the pastor tonight and say, "Uh, preacher, I've got a a situation I want you to pray about and, and we can agree to pray about that and say, do you have anything from the Word of God you can give me to help me and I can give you a verse of Scripture, but that's as far as I can go with that. It takes the Holy Spirit to put peace in your heart about that. And he can tonight, can't he? That verse of scripture that maybe that pastor or that Sunday school teacher gives you, Uh, listen, don't put confidence in the man that delivered the scripture, but take the verse that he gave you and uh, listen, chew that and mull that over and believe what that word says, not what the man says, but believe the word. Uh, It's the word that gives us peace tonight. Uh, Maybe you know how that is true. It's because I'm like everybody else. Sometimes uh, uh, listen, I have to open that book and say, Dear God, I've got fear in my heart about this situation, and I don't want to flee. I want to be in the will of God. Lord, would you give me peace? And God builds faith through his word. The right person, the right place, and then tonight the right position. You know what the right position is tonight? Is that David should just kept doing what David was doing, even when the enemy was after him. Man, I can tell you tonight that works. That so many times it can seem like you'll have more enemies than you do friends when we know in reality it's not true but how the devil can make that so real to us. He can make you think that you're on an island all by yourself and that nobody cares where you're at or what you're going through. You know that's not true tonight. But yet it can seem like reality, can't it? What you have to do is you have to dismiss those thoughts out of your mind and you have to just keep your focus on on the Lord and your focus in the right place and say that no matter what I may think, that may not be what is true. You have to look at the facts of the Word of God. And I want to say tonight, taking the right position in life will help you to overcome fear. Do what you know is right. Amen. Amen. I mean, be faithful. Be faithful to God even when it looks like the outcome's not going to be good. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to God when, when it looks like what you're doing is not working. I think too many people give up uh, in the midst of their of their trial because they think that, well, I'm doing the right thing, but it's not working. But can I tell you something? It's still right to do right even if you don't see results, amen? It's still right to do right if uh, if everything comes crashing down. Wouldn't you like to go crashing down saying, well, it may not have worked, uh, uh, but I still did what was right. Can I tell you, if that even happened, you would be the first person on planet Earth that ever did what was right and it didn't work. Uh, it Works, my friend, it pays to do right, it pays to be faithful even when it doesn't look like it if you'll just do what's right and take the right position in life, God will honor and he'll bless you for that don't look at other people don't listen to them neither, I'm convinced the devil, when fear comes in our life, the devil will plant the right person there to help cultivate those fears You look at every person in the Bible that ever tried to step out on faith, there was always somebody standing there and some with even good intentions to say you can't do that. That's not the will of God for your life. I think about Ruth when she wanted to go back with Naomi, wanted to leave the the God, the idol gods and go to the God of Bethlehem. Why, it was Naomi that said, you just need to go back to your gods and your people. Naomi knew better than that. Had Ruth listened to her, look where she would have been and we can look all through the pages of God's word where we see that time and time again. You have to take the right positions in life and, and do what you know is right even when you don't see the results. And I see here where David, he's operating in fear, but how we operate in faith is we go to the right place, we go to the right person, we, we take the right position and then we keep the right perspective in life. That's right. You gotta always look at things as, as positive as you can. Right. You say, well, It's not a positive situation, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Too many times we we lose before we ever get started. We start out in defeat. We never give God a chance because we've already assessed the situation and the outcome looks bad, so we just chalked it up as it's going to be worse. When in reality, God, through all this Bible, God over and over and over again has stepped down in the worst situations in life when it looked like there was no way, when it looked like there could be no way, and God has snatched individuals right out of the very hand of the enemy. When you think about Genesis chapter 3 and Adam and Eve and sin, could it have got any worse? when the world's population was only two and both of them had disobeyed God. The devil looked like he had won a great victory and God came walking through the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and Eve had hid themselves because they was naked and God judged them and judged the serpent. I mean it was a dark day in Adam and Eve's life and I'm sure that as that angel drove them out of the garden they thought to themselves we have messed up so bad uh, that there is no way that any good can ever come out of this. We have ruined the entire human race and brought death and curse upon the entire world and our situation will only go from bad to worse and God cannot do anything with this great blunder that we have made oh but I'm here to tell you God took the darkest of the darkest situation God took it when the whole world had messed up and God only in his own sovereignty in his own providence already knew what he was going to do before they ever did what they did amen and he stepped down in there nothing and God had a plan and God had the power and God had a person before the foundation of the world that was gonna fix their situation. I'm here to tell you tonight if God can fix that situation there's no problem too big. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too deep. There's no desert too long. That what God doesn't already have the resources and the answer to help us tonight. Amen. And the devil would love nothing more Then for you to spend your days and waste your hours sitting around in fear and worry about what if and what could be in reality what will probably never happen. God wants you to trust Him tonight. Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. He proved that in his life, didn't He? He came to the very end of life and everything that he had. And I thought about what Job said. It's been preached on so many times. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I thought about what a great statement Job made. But you know what? What could Job say? There wasn't nothing left to say. The Lord had given. The Lord had taken away. What else was he going to say? He couldn't charge God. He couldn't blame God. So if you can't blame God, the only thing that would be reasonably sound to do would be to bless God. Job sat in them ashes for seven days and never said a word. And he looked and in his mind, I'm sure he thought about everything that had happened and fear must have gripped him. He said in one text, the thing I fear the most has come upon me. But God took a terrible situation and blessed Job. That's God, isn't it? Tonight as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to use this altar tonight, I don't know what your fear, I don't know what your concern would be tonight, but I promise you He knows. And He's able tonight. He's well able to do what we can't do. While they sing, would you come tonight?